Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Sport has the ability to directly impact social environments, but should sport come at the expense of impacting our physical environment? Thanks to Adidas, that answer is no. This week is Brandography at Tennis Warehouse, and we're celebrating all things Adidas. While this brand has loads of equity in the sport, they continue to push the boundaries and are currently taking massive steps to reduce their environmental footprint. Today, we're going to talk all things Adidas and sustainability, and we're lucky to have Senior Adidas Tennis Category Manager Nathan Roach joining us today. Welcome. Hey, thanks a lot for having me. Appreciate it. Now, the biggest thing we wanted to jump right into is a goal that Adidas has set for the company to have 100% recycled materials by 2024 across all categories. How did that goal come about? Well, first, just to clarify, it's 100% polyester recycled materials. So just, okay. just wanted to set that record straight. But really, in 2015, we, we did an analysis of the overall environmental footprint of Adidas and found that approximately one third of our overall impacts were due to material choices that we've made. So, you know, this is really in line with the environmental footprint that we've seen from, from other companies. Um, and so we took that data, we looked into the largest volume materials and made the decision to switch our lar largest volume material, which is polyester, which, mm -hmm. you know, is used in most of our, our products, uh, to a more sustainable version, which is the recycled polyester. And so the great thing about recycled polyester is it, it uses less water and energy compared to your conventional quote unquote virgin polyester, and it results in a low, lower carbon footprint. So by switching to 100% recycled polyester by 2024, we're decreasing our, our overall environmental footprint, which is completely aligned with you know our brand initiatives. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a huge initiative. Are you seeing any other brands in tennis or outside of tennis doing something similar? I mean, I can't speak to, you know, to specific initiatives by other brands, but many brands within the sporting good industry, I mean, they're making strong sustainability commitments and they're focusing on different ways that they can decrease their impact. You know, um, you know, in order to stay relevant in this day and age, uh, consumers to consumers, you know, many brands have made those commitments. And if you look at brands like Wilson, right, mm -hmm. uh, you know, North Face, Patagonia, just to name a few. You know, each brand focuses on a different way of uh, decreasing their impact, and uh, they're using different storytelling to share their sustainability journey with our, with their consumers. You know, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but you know, some of that is parlay for us. That's that's yeah. our journey and some of our storytelling. So, I mean, it's not only the right thing to do, but you know, the the next generation or the current generation of consumers that that they're expecting that of brands. That's that's what they're demanding of brands, and so I think you've seen that shift. And maybe we can take it from there. You mentioned parlay, and we started to see parlay in tennis at the beginning of this year at the Australian Open. You guys had some great campaigns with Alex Zverev and some other athletes. Um, maybe you can talk about the story that you guys started telling with parlay. Yeah, I mean, in terms of parlay, I mean, they've they've been a great partner for us. And, um, you know, it basically started in, uh, you know, 2015, I think, roughly when we started to, to have those conversations uh, around parlay. Um, and really what, what Parlay is, um, you know, Parlay is taking ocean, taking plastic that has not yet reached the ocean, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and repurposing that plastic because 
if you've seen some of the videos that I have, and and I'm sure we all have in terms of the impact that, that ocean plastic is having on our environment, it's uh, it's pretty substantial. And so, you know, that partnership started just a couple of years ago, and we've really seen it, it you know, it take off, um, you know, both as a brand uh, and and with Parlay. And so, uh, you know, the product that we had, I mean, if I could speak to the tennis product for a second, mm-hmm. not only was it have a great story, a sustainability story, but the product looked amazing um, yeah. at the Australian Open. I mean, the feedback we got, if I can speak from a stale standpoint, was just incredible. And it has been even prior to being in tennis. So it's really been a, a wonderful partnership all around for us. Now, I was going to ask you, I actually have my Parlay tank top on right now, so I can speak to that. I love the Parlay collection also, and I, I just got one of the skirts, and it's one of the softest skirts that I've actually ever played in. Yeah. And I wasn't really expecting a high-performance feel, you know, but I wanted to support the cause. But it's right up there with any other high-performance Adidas piece that you guys make. How do you explain that to a consumer that can't necessarily reach out and touch the fabric and wear it? How can you explain that this is really well-made material? It's going to be great performing on the court. Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, I mean, we wouldn't put a product out there in the market that didn't right. meet our our overall uh, you know brand expectations. Uh, and so I think that's, you know, that's the first step is making sure that you're creating a product that, that meets those uh, those expectations. Um, and, you know, I think when you look at the materials that we're using, obviously, like I said, we wouldn't put we wouldn't put product in the market that didn't meet our brand expectations. Um, and honestly, we've worked with our supply chain uh, and materials developers to ensure that there's no noticeable differences between virgin polyester and recycled polyester in, in our products. So for you, like you said, you're wearing the, the tank top, you're not gonna be able to tell a difference. And, that, and that's again, on on our end, working with the right materials and, and supply chain, uh, you know, and on a molecular level, so this is more technical speak, but mm-hmm. recycled polyester is, is really the same as conventional polyester. And so you just kind of think of it as refurbished. So for the consumer, when they touch it and they feel it, they're not gonna tell a difference between the two. It's just the storyline behind it and how the product was produced is where that you're gonna see you're gonna see the difference. Okay. Now, something that I keep kind of bringing up when we start talking about sustainability efforts and stuff, a parlay, I'm in California, you're up in Portland, in Oregon. We both are lucky to live kind of on the West Coast of the country, and we directly see sometimes the impact of our oceans and the trash and all of this. How do you explain to someone that maybe lives in middle America and hasn't ever been to a beach that there are severe problems going on with our environment and how do you make that impact? How do you cross that bridge? I think, you know, it's tough, right? Um, You know, I think again, like I I mentioned the videos earlier and the images that we've seen over the last couple of years as we've started this journey with Parlay and, and our, and our sustainability efforts. And I think if you're able to see some of the videos again and images, it's, it's like, it's mind blowing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think you have to live on either of the coasts uh, to be able to have that resonate with you, you know, and the impact that it has on animals and, 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 you know, in the environment in the ocean. But, you know, we want to continue to try to educate the consumer um, about the importance of these initiatives and how it affects them, because ultimately it does affect them, whether mm-hmm. you're in the middle of the country or on the coast, it does affect you. And and I don't, uh, you know, as a brand, we're not just going to stop with with our efforts in terms of, of the oceans, right, and our sustainability efforts there. You know, we want to reach everyone in some capacity. And so I think it is a journey educating. I think to your point, the nice thing is, is that in this day and age, it's tough not to talk about sustainability. So mm-hmm. it's not a new topic anymore. And consumers understand that and they're getting that more often than not. But, you know, it starts with the oceans and, and you know, and then goes from there. 
Yeah, definitely. Now, you guys get to work so closely with so many of the top players, and you've got some great ambassadors on your team. Are there any players that have really taken a huge stand to make this push for themselves to make it a big initiative for them as well? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, all of our, I, I speak from the tennis perspective, all mm -hmm. of our tennis assets, I mean, they're on board. They're behind yeah, it, right? They were super awesome. excited about Parlay. And I can't speak to all of our athletes in terms of all of our sport categories, but pretty much everyone I've spoken with, they're excited about, you know, getting behind it. And, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, these are next, these are, you know, millennials and Gen mm -hmm. Z, and this is important to them. Um, I can speak to Dominic Team, for example, who's one mm -hmm. of our tennis assets. I mean, he's gotten behind it from day one. And even though the, you know, the quote unquote Australian Open Parlay product uh, initiative is, is over, he mm -hmm. continues to use hashtag for ocean. Uh, in many of his social posts, nice. uh, even ones that aren't necessarily related to tennis or Adidas. Uh, you know, I think last week I saw one where he was somewhere in Austria at a lake and he hashtagged for ocean. So I think what you're seeing is is that sort of mindset shift in mentality. And, and it, you know, it's across all of our sport categories and our athletes. That's really cool to see them um, being so interested in influencing everyone out there as well. Yeah. Now, I, I was curious. I've actually got to visit uh, you guys last year and was shocked. Everything internal is sustainable. You guys don't produce any waste, it's yeah. so it seems. Uh -huh. um, talk to me a little bit about the culture at Adidas and what the shift has been with these new initiatives and how it has changed internal behaviors. I mean, it's it's pretty incredible. I mean, I've been with the brand for almost 10 years now. Mm -hmm. um, and like you like you said, uh, you know, a handful of years ago, I think it was probably four years ago, we started to make some significant shifts around our approach to, for example, plastic. Right. Yeah. And and pretty in line with when we, we, we partnered with Parlay. But I mean, if you walk around the village here, I mean, there is no plastic bottles for sale. So you're not buying bottled water. Yeah. No plastic silverware, no plastic plates, no, no sriracha. So that's been, a, you know, a bit of an adjustment for those of us that like sriracha. But yeah. realistically, like everywhere we look, I mean, we are practicing what we preach. And I think that so that's cool. really important, too, from a brand standpoint is that it starts at home. Right. Yeah. Uh, we can't go out there in the world and talk about recycling, you know, ocean or you know, using recycled ocean plastic and not be living that and breathing it here uh, on our campuses around the globe, whether that's Herzo in Germany or, you know, in Asia or right here in Portland. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's the mindset that all of us employees have shifted towards. You know, I mean, again, when you walk through these campuses, it's, it's really amazing in terms of, of, of what we're doing from a sustainability standpoint. Yeah, that's crazy. I only recently learned that the can of bowls that we all use every day, we open the can to play is not yep. recyclable because yes. of the tin. I had no idea. Which and is ironic feels... because, you know, at facilities around the country, there's the recycle your tennis ball. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and I think that's a little bit misleading, right? It's more like a repurpose totally. your tennis ball can. Um, but I think what's really kind of cool about working here is that it hasn't just impacted my approach here at the company when I'm when I come to work every day mm -hmm. is change my mindset outside of work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really the most important thing for me as as a as a human, quite honestly, and as a father, and uh, is that I don't buy plastic bottles anywhere. I mean, wow. I, it's tough for me to bring myself to even use them when I'm you know at an event or anything mm -hmm. like that. And it's just it's changed that mindset. And I talk to so many people here that feel exactly the same way. So again, that's the beauty of is it's not just impacting us here you know, at work, it's, it's, we're going out into the world and sort of preaching what, what we've learned here at, with the brand. 
Yeah. And you just mentioned that your father, how, how has that impacted raising your kids? Um, are they, you know, just growing up in a different mindset that they know to, you know, recycle and not even recycle, not even use certain items that will get misused, I guess we could say. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the, from whether it's plastic straws to yeah. Uh, plastic silverware. I mean, my son has called us out on it because you know <laughs> on why we have, you know, why we don't, we shouldn't have plastic straws and plastic silverware or plastic plates or, and I think that the good news is I think that's going to be a generational thing too, you know, that's and cool. I think, um, you know, this next generation, uh, you know, that's growing up, that's the world that they're going to live in. And that's the beauty of, of the impact that we're having right now is, is going to change hopefully their mindset and, and shift what they do in the future. Yeah, definitely. Now, moving forward with tennis, can you talk a little bit about Prime Blue? Mm -hmm. Okay, what is Prime Blue? So, uh, look, Prime Blue is is also, you know, both Parlay and Prime Blue are, are, are made from plastic that's been intercepted from the beaches and coastal communities before it reaches the ocean. So that's the one thing I just want to make sure that we're clear on. Mm hmm it's not like we're going up and rounding up plastic in the oceans. I wish, uh -huh. I wish we could. Yeah. Uh, but what we're doing is preventing this plastic from entering the ocean. Okay. So that's the first step, right? Um, you know, and really the only difference between, you know, is that between Prime Blue and Parlay is Parlay products are, we're using that as a platform for our quote unquote hero products, right? So okay. our signature, you know, pre really premium products, uh, you know, that's where we're going to have Parlay. Um, mm -hmm. But we're going to have Prime Blue throughout the entire brand. Okay. Um, and so that's that's really the only difference is it's all recycled plastic. Uh, it's just a difference in how we how we, you know, talk about it, name it. Okay, great. So eventually will all the athletes be either in Parlay or Prime Blue? As a brand, that's the direction we're moving, right? Okay. Um, is is to have recycled products in in you know recycled plastic in all of our products. But as to what the commitment is from a performance standpoint, I'm not sure that uh, there's an exact number yet. How do you reach that tennis player that's like, this doesn't affect me. I'm going to keep drinking my bottled water and going to the courts. It's like, how do we reach that person to understand that this is actually a big deal and it starts with us and be the change? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the beauty, as I mentioned, uh, you know, early in early in our talk is that the product looks great. You know, and I think, yeah. um, you know, sustainability is so top of mind. But in the end, right, if I'm a consumer, yes, I want to buy products that, uh, you know, are purpose driven. At least I do. Um, but at the same time, realistically, I also want stuff that looks really nice or I like, you know, I like the way it feels. I like the way it performs. Um, and so it may you may not be able to convince every single person mm -hmm. uh, and tell them that story and have the same sort of impact that it's had on many of us. Um, but we're also in the in, in the industry of, of making product that performs well and making product that looks good, making product that consumers want to buy. I think that adding a sustainability initiative to it just makes it that much better. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that that's that's where you're going to win all consumers is if you have a good looking product, a high performing product, and it's got a, a, a story behind it and, and a purpose behind it, you know, then you're checking a lot of those boxes. Definitely. I think that's true. So you've been at Adidas for almost 10 years now. Have you seen any initiatives as big as this movement in the past 10 years? Yeah, I mean, the easy answer is no. Um, you know, we've been working on sustainability practices for, for 20 years, uh, you know, that started with our supply chain. So a lot of it was done on the back end, mm -hmm. um, you know, stuff that I didn't even see. I mean, we've 
you know, we've always had some sustainability initiatives that were either employee or a little bit consumer facing, but nothing like what we've done over the last four or five years. Uh, it's really focused on consumer facing initiatives like Parlay. I mean, that's really kind of elevated it. Um, but again, we've been we've been here before. So, you know, like I said, sustainability has been at our core for longer than Parlay. So mm-hmm. I always want to make that clear that, yes, yeah. this is the, another big step for us, but we've been doing this for a while. Yeah, for sure. Now, is there any plans to have a bit of a recycling program for, um, I know there's some brands, I think like H&M and Marine Lair, they will do a recycling program for old clothes. So people can, can bring in their old tennis gear, maybe essentially, and recycle it to the brand and either get credit back or just know that their materials are being used in a better way instead of just going to waste. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple things. I mean, we work with Souls for Souls, which is an amazing okay. organization. Um, yeah. We've worked with them for a long time, long before I was here, that obviously, you know, allows us to recycle footwear and apparel. Mm-hmm. We're doing that with our samples, too. So, nice. uh, you know, we're not only having people donate their old shoes and apparel, but, you know, we're also, uh, you know, donating our samples for, for that cause. So, so that's been in place for, you know, for a long time. And obviously that's a lot better than just tossing out uh, your sneakers. But the good news too is, you know, as a side note, you know, we mentioned early on, you know, through sport, we have the power to change lives. And um, and some of that is basically not only, you know, our sustainability initiatives, but it's also giving uh, access to kids that otherwise wouldn't have access to sports product and apparel and footwear and you know that sort of thing and so this really checks those two boxes obviously helping the environment by recycling product uh, and footwear but also giving you know kids the opportunity to get stuff that they normally wouldn't have access to all over the world by the way yeah um you know and i think even little things um that we are just starting to roll out now for example um you know when we talk about our athletes who we talked about, you know, really getting behind our sustainability efforts Mm -hmm. is we're starting to roll out a program where we're asking athletes when they come to, you know, the major tennis tournaments, tennis, for example, uh, to bring their old match clothes in because, you know, we give them new product at the distribution so Mm -hmm. that they wear at the U.S. Open and the French Open. And we're we're encouraging them, hey, bring your old clothes, whatever you don't need anymore, because you're going to get new clothes. And we're going to start we're going to start repurposing these and donating these to uh, underprivileged organizations around the world, whether it's London or New York or Paris, uh, again, giving that product a second life and giving kids that otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to, to, to get product. Plus, it's pretty cool that yeah. they're getting product that athletes were wore, you know, their favorite athlete wore on court. That's really cool. I love that. I hadn't heard that before. So thanks for sharing that with it, us. It, really it, cool. just, it just got rolled out. So oh, cool. it's, not, it's, not, it's not a massive public initiative. I mean, everything that we do doesn't necessarily have to be public or a press release behind it right you know it's the right again it's the right thing to do and we know what happens a lot of times these athletes either throw it away or they leave it and you know wherever it might be let's let's make sure it goes to a good home yeah for sure I love that well let's transition a little into some fun tennis topics now since that was a little heavy (laughs) all the sustainability (laughs) well it's it's, it, it is it is heavy, but it's important. So, it's and I think that sure. you know, it's something that certainly is a brand we're very proud of. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree. It is a bit heavy, but it is important. <laughs> well, and hopefully, just even this conversation opens up the conversation for people to have on the court. You know, when they are wearing their parlay, and someone says, "Hey, tell me about that shirt." So, yeah, it's a, it's a good talking point for sure. It sure is. Now we are in fall 2019. I don't know how that happened, but we're here and 2020 is just around the corner. Do you have anything you can give us a sneak peek into 2020 for Adidas? Uh, sneak peek into 2020. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, 
we are rolling out some, you know, some new technology. We're always innovative and, and, and innovating both apparel and footwear. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we do have, uh, I will tease this, we have uh, some exciting uh, footwear that's going to be coming out shortly in just a couple okay. months that uh, is is like nothing you've ever seen before. Okay. So that's what I'll tease it. I get people excited about about yeah. that. But uh, certainly it's revolutionary in terms of what we've seen in tennis. Uh, so that that's that's all I can tease from a footwear okay. perspective. But, um, you know, we will continue as we you know we look back to sustainability. We'll continue that sustainability initiative. Um, you know, we'll do we will have that same initiative at Roland Garros next year. Um, nice. I don't think I'm giving anything too much away there. But again, right. that commitment long term, as we talked about, to being sustainable, incorporating recycled ocean plastic uh, in, in you know, our product is going to continue to move forward. Now, you guys get to work with a lot of athletes and you get to see them on and off the court and you get to see them in the gear. And you've got some great ambassadors under Adidas. Are there any athletes that particularly stand out that really inspire you? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at our athlete portfolio, we've got a really strong athlete portfolio. And I mean, on the men's side, we've got Sissy Pass and Zverev and Dominic Team, sort of that next gen male uh, up and coming uh, athletes that you know are going to replace what we'll call the big three. And then on the female side, you know, you've got um, you've got Caroline Wozniacki, Garbin, you've got Angie Kerber, Ostapenko. And so, what's really cool about that is obviously I, on the men's side, it's been great to watch the dominance of these three or four players for for the last twelve years. Uh, and I think what's really cool on the women's side is that any given week. Uh, and at any given tournament, Caroline or Angie or, you know, any one of our female players can can win the tournament. You're looking at Caroline and Angie and Garbine and Yelena. They, they all have majors to their name. And so I think that's what separates the men from the women right now is that, you know, there's exciting pieces of, of both of them. And, uh, you know, the other thing I'd, I'd have to say that kind of inspires me really on, uh, again, both the men's and women's side is is the longevity of uh, of these athletes, uh, both male and female. I mean, historically, you know, most of the athletes, the Agassiz, the Sampras's, um, you know, the Steffi Groffs were retiring maybe in their early 30s. And now we're starting to see players like uh, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Serena Williams starting to kind of push into the late 30s. And so, you know, as a as a late 30s uh, individual, I think that that's inspirational to know that someone that's the same age as me is still out there competing at the highest level. And, and we're seeing that in both the men's and women's games. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to be inspired by these athletes. Uh, it's it's really been fun to watch their journey, uh, whether they're an up and comer like uh, Sissy Poss or whether they're a seasoned veteran like uh, like a Wozniacki. Yeah, definitely. And I have to admit something that I've been inspired by, especially someone like Caroline Wozniacki, she's doing a great job of raising up other women in the sport. So you always see her applauding other players on tour. And that's just such a great thing. I think in the past, women haven't been known to celebrate victories of people they're competing against. And she's been a big one that's done that well. Yeah. And honestly, like having got to know some of these athletes over the years, I mean, they're great people on and off the court. And as a brand, that's really what we're looking for as well, right? We want to partner with, you know, athletes that are great on the court uh, and can win and play at the highest level and compete. But we also want people that are great brand ambassadors for us. And, you know, I think if you look at our portfolio, uh, male or female, and you mentioned Caroline, they do that. You know, they, they transcend the game, uh, inspire other, uh, you know, other players and, and, and people that aren't necessarily even tennis players. And uh, I think that's that's, again, when you look at our portfolio, what makes us special. 
That's awesome. And then I wanted to bring up something else that I know is a big initiative for Adidas. Now, it came on my radar about 2018 around the U.S. Open last year. I remember seeing some of the campaigns on Instagram and they really hit me. I was shocked to see some of the stats and it's all about women and girls and athletes um, out there and something like 40% girls out there are not um, competing in sports or not playing sports. And 4% of sports media coverage in the U.S. is dedicated to women's sports. That just blew my mind. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that. So, yeah, I mean, She Breaks Barriers, is, it's, it's an initiative. It's a global commitment. I wouldn't even call it a campaign because campaign seems like it has a start and a finish to it. Right. Uh, but this, this is an initiative and, and a shift in the way that we're thinking. And, and what we're trying to do is inspire and enable the next generation of, of female athletes, creators, leaders, um, and and it was kind of born out of the recognition that Adidas alone, we can't remove the barriers to sport uh, that women and girls face, particularly the young girls you mentioned are much, much lower. Uh, and so I think, you know, that was sort of where it was initially born. And if you look at our research, um, we've identified three kind of key areas uh, that are stopping girls from either entering sport or staying with sport beyond the age of 19. And, you know, there's lack of access, you know, she doesn't know where she can play. The stereotypes that, you know, sport is for boys. It's not something the girls do uh, or, or just quite honestly, the visibility. I mean, you just mentioned the 4% of sports media coverage in the U.S. is dedicated to, to women's sports. And so really this sort of kicked off to your point in 2018 at the U.S. Open where we we enlisted the help of the original uh, rule breaker, the original female um, you know, trailblazer, Billie Jean King, to elevate this story. Uh, and, and make it bigger, not just a story, but make it a, a total initiative. And so uh, we're really committed to that. And that's giving opportunities to, you know, girls that otherwise wouldn't have it. If you look at talk, you know, talk about lack of access, we want to provide visibility so that these young girls that are growing up can see uh, the women uh, that are playing sport, whether that's Caroline Wozniacki or someone on the World Women's World Cup team or female hockey player or, or uh, you know, USA Volleyball. Um, and so that's really what this is about. It's it's a shift in the way that we're thinking as a brand. Um, we can't do it alone. So we've, we've partnered with amazing organizations, um, you know, whether it's USA Volleyball, obviously doing USTA stuff and, and really going after some of the grassroots junior tournaments that are focused around girls. But I mean, the stats are staggering. I mean, 15% of girls will drop out of sports between eighth and 12th grade. 28% of girls stop playing sports because they have fewer opportunities after high school. And, you know, they say that females who play sports have twice as much confidence. So I think that when you look at those figures, you recognize that there's a lot of work to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really kind of what we've honed in on is, is there's, there's a lot of opportunity for out there for her. Yeah, that's crazy. And I love that you guys are shining a light on that. And for anyone out there listening, whether you're a young player, young lady, or maybe you're a parent of a young player that's coming up, honestly, tennis can be such a great resource. It's the one thing in my life I know that even when really bad things are happening, I can always go to the court and get away from it. And it's home. And like to this day, it's my sanctuary. And I think if young players boys girls men women doesn't matter your gender but really specifically for women if you're looking for an outlet dealing with some hard stuff like stick to tennis you will it will always be there for you 
And then positively, there are some great young role models out there right now. For example, you guys have Katie McNally signed to Adidas. We do. And we're starting to see great things coming out of this next generation of players. It is an interesting time for tennis. We've got a lot of the young ones and a lot of the older ones and everyone in between doing really well. So Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, that's 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 the tough game, right, is making is trying to get, uh, you know, the next gen player mm-hmm. uh, in, in your product. I mean, Katie's been with us for a very long time when she was uh, on the junior national team. And so, you know, that's the other thing to have these relationships, these long term relationships. Again, I go back to Dominic team because he's been wearing Adidas for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's an element of loyalty to that that I think is, is really great, too, and familiarity with the brand. Um, but we're super excited about super excited about Katie. I mean, she had a great U.S. Open right yeah. out of the gate. So that's encouraging for uh, for us and U.S. U.S. players, next gen U.S. players. Definitely. Yeah, she's fun to watch. I love her game. She's got a little bit of everything working for her. It's really yeah, cool. she's fearless. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how about making a bold prediction for something that we'll see happen on tour in the next year? A bold prediction for I think that I think that we are going to have one of the longtime top players retire in the next year. Yeah. Um, I think that I think that we're going to see uh, possibly a, if I had to guess a Serena or a Roger uh, hang it up. Um, that's that's a bold. I don't know if that's a bold prediction. I think <laughs> I think probably there'd be a lot of people that might agree with me there. Um, but that's that that would be my my prediction. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, is that bold enough? That's not really that bold. I mean, it's bold. There are Olympics. I keep saying, give it the Olympics and then we'll see a few of them hang it up. But. Well, that's the only one Fed doesn't have, right? Doesn't have a gold medal at the Olympics. So I think so, that that's, I uh, that, that that's probably a motivator for him. But, I, you know, yeah. I think you're also going to start to see, I mean, we saw it with, uh, with Medvedev in the finals of the U.S. Open. I, you're going to start to see some of those younger players, you know, start cracking through. Dominic playing Rafa in the finals, the French. I mean, so... I think it's only a matter of time before you start to see some young, some of the younger generation win some majors. It's amazing yeah. the, dra- the the longevity again of, of of what we've seen in the last twelve years. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and just to think how well these guys are and women are maintaining their their bodies, their injuries, and their you know, it's just become such a different game. I think you know, it's yeah, just I, the training, the off court stuff is as important, if not more important now. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I completely agree. And it's made the sport more fun to watch because you yeah. literally, I mean, you say you grow up with these players, but you literally have, you know, you do grow yeah. up with these players. You spend 15 years watching them play. You know, I was, yeah. I was at Wimbledon in what was, I guess it was 2001, I believe, uh, when Federer, I was at the court when Federer beat Sampras on center Crazy. court. And I, I'm like, who is this Federer guy? <laughs> Like, cause I was a Sampras fan and I was, I was super bummed only to know that, you know, years later he's got 20 majors to his, his name. So, you know, I think that's, that's been, that's the best part about tennis too, I think is, is getting to, you know, it's a sport you can play a little bit longer. It's not yeah. golf, but it, you know, you're going deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, transitioning from that, here's a fun question for you. If you could pull anyone out of retirement and bring them back on tour, who would it be? Oh, wow. That's <laughs> Pull anyone out of retirement and bring them back on to what are we basing this on? Are we basing this on playability, likability, whatever you, whoever you want to bring back? Uh, you know, I think, I, I think I'd, I'd probably lean towards uh, Andre Agassi. Um, yeah. I say that because I think, I think it's really good for the game when you have players that transcend sport, right? That, that uh, 
And I think Andre really did that. Obviously, Federer and, and, and Nadal have as well. And, you know, but Andre really had that ability, you know, to transcend sport. I, I'd probably put McEnroe in there, too. He was mm -hmm. one of the first guys to really make that. Uh, but I think that that's good for tennis. And we need, you know, we need more of that in this next generation. I think if you talk about things that worry me a little bit about the next gen is these guys yeah. are obviously super talented. Um, but, you know, are they going to be able to transcend sport to get people that don't necessarily watch tennis excited about it? Right. You know, the McEnroe Connors era was before my time. But the way everybody talks about it was like even the casual fan, you're like, I'm going home to watch the Connors McEnroe match tonight. Yeah. Right? So I think that's, you know, Andre outside of being a great player and fun to watch and flamboyant. It's just the ability for him to transcend sport is is probably why I'd probably bring him back. What about you? Who would, oh, you who would I bring back? I always, I always love Steffi. And like, I had this conversation earlier today, so it's kind of ironic. It's coming back up that Agassi Steffi, someone else said Agassi, I said Steffi and I'm like, and they're like already the power couple. So let's just yep. bring them back on tour. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I think too, it's like, it's funny when you watch, you know, all these retired, you know, Andy Roddick, for example, James Blake, all these people that I loved watching play. It's like you wish you could bring them back because there was something about each one of them that you loved, you know, that you loved yeah. watching. And it's cool because I, I don't know, I guess it depends on the player, but we're starting to see some of the older generation players come back in and Agassi is back coaching and yep. we're seeing a lot of the players in other players boxes and they're around the sport again. So that's been really fun, I think, for some of us that are, you know, grew up. We're a little older, late yeah, 30. Yeah. So we won't <laughs> say how old, but we won't we won't date her. I, I agree. I think that, you know, you know, if I could say something about Pete Samper, I think Pete Sampras, you know, he, he could have done a lot more for the game of tennis. Um, you yeah. know, and he was an amazing player, loved watching him play. But, you know, when you look at the, these guys coming back, the Carlos Moyes, the Ivanisevichs, the Agassiz, the Lendls, you know, the Edbergs, you know, yeah. you like seeing them back there because, again, they're giving back to the game and the 100%. sport. Um, and it's it's fun from a nostalgia purpose, if nothing else. Yeah. And it just proves that, you know, they love the sport as much as anyone, which yep. is why we're all here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, here's a fun non-tennis related question. I know you're up in Portland. So best brewery in Portland or best brewery period. Like where is your favorite brewery? So I would say um, best brewery in Portland in terms of the beer is a, is a brewery called Great Notion, okay. um, which is right smack dab in uh, the heart of Northeast Portland. But uh, the best brewery, I would say, in the Portland area would be Freem. And that's out in Hood River, and which okay. is a beautiful uh, town in the gorge about an hour from Portland. Oh, so I love the gorge. The beauty of Portland is there's no shortage of great food here or uh, beers to choose from. So I mean, Food if was going to be the follow-up question. Yeah, I've heard food. you're a bit of a foodie. So. I, I, I am a bit of a foodie. Are you going to try to peg me down to one restaurant? I'm going to say maybe top three. <laughs> Top three. Oh man, that's that's even that's even that's hard harder. to do. Um, we'll you know, you it all depends on, depends on the time of year. If it's raining outside, <laughs> there's a place called a Fury, which is uh, like a ramen place. It's really oh, good. Nice. Um, it, it's there's only one in Portland and and one in Japan because the water here is so wonderful for the ramen. Wow. It's a true story. Uh, but then you know. It, you know, the sun only comes out for like six weeks in the summer in Portland. So uh, if, if I'm going to go with another restaurant in the summer, it's going to have to be somewhere that's got some outdoor seating. Um, okay. and, and, you know, there's there's lots of places to choose from there. But, you know, we tend to base our uh, our decisions around weather here in Portland. Yeah. Uh, and there's lots of good places when it's cold and rainy to, to choose from. Nice. Yeah, it's a cool little spot. How's the tennis scene up there right now? 
Tennessee, I mean, the Tennessee is good. Um, you know, I think it, again, what makes it challenging up in the Northwest is accessibility to courts. Right. Um, you know, and I think that that's, that's always going to be a challenge um, for, for us. I mean, there's only in the Portland area, there's, I think there's only 10 indoor facilities. Oh, wow. um, yeah. Maybe a little bit more in, in the surrounding areas. Um, but junior tennis has always been pretty strong up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's a pretty good following of, of Northwest players. I mean, certainly, you know, I grew up in NorCal junior, so, mm-hmm. you know, weather was quite a bit different and, and more accessibility, but we're not Southern Cal or Florida or Atlanta or Texas, but, uh, we've got a pretty good tennis contingency up there up yeah. here and, and we've had, we've had some successful tour players that have come out of Portland and, and Washington area as well. So, yeah, the good old PNW. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not San Luis Obispo. Let's let's be fair there. It's yeah. the happiest place in America. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to compete down here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, let's kind of wrap it up um, just to bring it back all the way to sustainability and parlay and all of the initiatives that Adidas is working on. Um, what's the best way to suggest people can get involved and take a stand? Where can they learn more? How can they join the movement, all of the things. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of different initiatives that uh, that we participate in. You know, one that just happened a couple months ago is Run for the Oceans, mm-hmm. uh, as we talk about Parlay, um, you know, and you can find information on, uh, you know, adidas.com about that. But, um, you know, again, just really bringing awareness to, to the crisis that we have as it pertains to ocean plastic. Um, and sustainability in general, uh, you know, and 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 I, like I said, there's we do a lot of event stuff, but the Run for the Oceans is a global campaign okay. uh, that brings awareness to it. People they they go on a run to support again, run and donate money towards these initiatives, and I think that's a really cool one, uh, you know, that, that we're participating in and partnered with. That's awesome, yeah. And honestly, just having this conversation with someone, I think, is going to be a big part of getting the word out, and you know, people realizing that we all have to take a stand and kind of change things little by little. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, the last thing I'd say is, you know, we talked about millennials and Gen Z and this next Mm -hmm. generation. And, you know, we've done, we've done a lot of research and done a lot of studies. And, you know, one of the things we found is 97% of consumers, they they want to make a positive impact on the planet. And, uh, you know, and 97% want to make a positive impact on the planet environmentally. And so, you know, and I think it's around 90% that want to buy a product uh, that has a social or environmental benefit to it. So consumers are demanding this, right? Especially the younger ones. And, yeah. uh, you know, brands are shifting towards that. And I think that that's really the point to take away is that, you know, this is what consumers want. This is what what's needed to be done. And it's important. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and explaining all of the great things that Adidas is doing. And we're so excited to be on board with all the great initiatives and keep moving forward. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome talking with you guys. No problem. Thank you guys all out there for listening. And if you'd like to continue the conversation, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at tennis-warehouse.com. Be sure to go to tenniswarehouse.com to dive into all things Adidas, especially this week. Please subscribe, rate, and review Talk Tennis wherever you listen to your podcast. And do your due diligence and share this episode with fellow tennis players and do your part in reducing our footprint to make sure that we can keep this planet clean and keep going for future generations of tennis players. Until next time, happy hitting.
We're really excited to announce for this week only, September 23rd, 2019, Tennis Warehouse will match 5% of your Adidas order and donate it to the Parlay Foundation. Be sure to use promo code podcast at checkout.